Welcome to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I'm Solomon Timothy. And I am Taylor Rowe. Today's episode was uh, it was a good one. We talked about email marketing. So there's a lot of different email marketing tools out there. We didn't get much into the actual technologies of platforms, more uh, from a strategic level of how do we apply this to my business? What are some of the best practices? What metrics should we be looking at in tracking you know, email? And who should we email to? So hopefully you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, definitely reach out to us at uh, growthmarketers at oneims.com. All right, Taylor, this is a, a big one because there's a lot of interest in email marketing, right? People love sending emails out, targeted or untargeted. And it's proven that it gives you a really high ROI. So I guess people do it. It's kind of like the new direct mail marketing because it's cheaper. So everybody yeah. wants to do a constant contact or a MailChimp. You know, let's just talk about some best practices. My biggest thing is when is it a good strategy versus you're just kind of doing, going through the motions and it's really not put together right just trying to throw an email together and just send it to anybody they can. Unsegmented, mm-hmm. mass email. doesn't matter you're using constant contact without a strategy or if you're using HubSpot, Mercado, Parta, it doesn't matter, right? If you don't have a good strategy, it's not really going to yield any ROI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's pretty much the answer, right? Is if there's no real strategy behind it and there's no context of why you're emailing somebody and there's no value of what you're trying to offer and there's no relevance to them, then it's not going to be successful in whatever the, the outcome is. I think the idea, like you mentioned, of it's the best ROI channel. Right. Um, is, I think I heard a dollar is like 30 Every dollar in email marketing is like $38 of ROI. Sure. I think it's, to me, that's, it's all relative and it, it's only valuable if the the valuable piece is not the email, not the delivery method. It's what's the, in the content and who's going to the data. Yeah. Who is going to and how you acquired them. And so I think it's a little bit skewed, right? Because in my mind, a lot of times email is the last leg of the, the conversion or even post conversion, right? It's that constant communication with your clients. They're coming back and continuously purchasing or you're using it as a retention tool. So you can't say that, in my mind, I can't say that email is more valuable than, let's say, Google AdWords, because Google AdWords might have been the first introduction to the brand. Uh, Then they saw a retargeting ad, and then they saw you on YouTube, and then they checked out your Facebook channel, and then they looked at your reviews on Google, and then they filled out a contact form, and they got the email. And the email then, of course, led them to schedule a meeting or make a purchase. So when you look at that in terms of that you know last touch attribution style... Yes, of course. It, you spend very little time. You built an automation channel. There's a couple of lines of copy that you wrote. And All of a sudden, it's it, high yeah, ROI. On your free tool, and then it's a high ROI. So I'm not trying to discount or discredit email, but I think you have to look at it, put it into perspective. And then you also, to me, the most important thing is the the context, right? So the email campaigns that perform the best are the ones that have over time naturally and I guess I would say intentionally built up their email list, right? People that are getting the emails know who it's from, what the purpose of it, when they, they probably remember when they filled out the form or how long they've been getting the emails, right? Those audiences, whatever you're selling, it doesn't matter, is going to perform better than an oh, audience wow. that you bought an email list or you kind of, you know, cheated your way into building that up, you know, over time or immediately, right? So that goes with every marketing channel, right? It's you know, it's not that Facebook doesn't work for you, or it's not that SEO doesn't work for you, or it's not that PPC doesn't work or email marketing. You know, I can't figure out why my email marketing doesn't work. It all comes down to that core, you know, marketing sort of uh, basis of 
who are these people and what are you offering and why should they care about it, right? Uh, and so if it's an email list, like you said, not even just taking your whole email list and trying to send out some sort of an offer, how much can we segment that? Right. So that that's what I was going to get. We know all whatever attributes you have about the context, right? How can we even further segment that past just the fact that these people reached out to me and they fit in this bucket, this bucket, and this bucket? So here's how I'm going to tailor my email messaging and my offer to align with their specific needs, right? The more personalized that it can become, typically the better results that you're going to see because people have short attention spans. People don't, you know, as much as we like to think that we do, people only care about themselves, right? And so if you're sending them something, especially you're trying to sell something to them, it needs to be relevant to them in their life and whatever unique challenges uh, they think that they're facing. I was going to say the the best type of emails that I've converted on, they spoke to my need mm. and it was not a mass email. I hardly ever like email newsletters because it's just like, why do I care? You know what I'm saying? Right. How is that going to help me solve my challenge of my day? Right. But you nurture me through education. You invite me to the kind of events or whatever, webinar, webcast, whatever you want to call it. And I'm opting in every single time. I'm kind of going through that buyer's journey mm-hmm. and their funnel. And I'm converting at a very different pace than somebody else right. with a different need. And the more sequences that you can create, that are personalized, it's not that email is bad or it doesn't generate the ROI. It's sort of this, we have no idea how they subscribed. We kind of switched five software. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we inherited this list from yeah, five different trade shows. Data, yeah. We, you know, it's like, this is from a salesperson's list. It's not going to generate the ROI you're looking for. So what I sometimes see people do is they send a mass email saying, if you're still interested in getting information now, click this button, mm-hmm. let us put you in a sequence. I've seen that. Right. Like a double opt-in or yeah. just kind of cleansing your list. Exactly. Um, yeah. I know. I, I think people always want to look at the volume or the size of that list and use that as a measuring stick of their How success. How success right? it's not. Um, I, I think we live in a, especially when you talk about digital marketing, it's continuously going towards quality over quantity. And I, I would personally rather have a smaller list that like I said, is very engaged. They open all of my emails that I send out, they click, and I, I know what kind of offers will resonate with them. So if you're running a campaign, you can be very specific and ultimately it will get you better ROI and you'll be able to interact with your audience, engage with your audience much better and make changes rather than just, you know, kind of that Spring generalized yeah, marketing approach where you think this, you know, test might work because... Whatever. Or is it even a test? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you can test. I mean, you're testing generalized call to actions or generalized, you know, uh, subject lines and those sorts of things where. Hey, there's a podcast the episode. It's called Cast a Wide Net. Maybe we, we <laughs> check yeah, that out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We just talked about this. If you're listening to the podcast, there's a podcast before this. We talked about, um, you know, honing in on your audience rather than trying to be all things to all people. And this is where sort of that trickle-down effect of that strategy comes into play, right? If we're just casting a wide net and with our lead generation efforts, then, you know, the data that we're getting in terms of our pixel data and our cookie data is going to be very general and very broad. So then our remarketing ads or display ads maybe not be as effective because our messaging won't quite align or won't quite be specific enough. To the same extent, you're going to get an email list that's going to grow in terms of volume or, you know, people that are liking or following you on different social channels is going to grow. But then it becomes harder and harder as the marketer to provide value to them that's relevant because 
now you have to just be, you know, broad enough that you don't offend anybody or that, you know, it can cover all your bases rather than talking about real challenges and real issues that people may be having and how your product or solution solves that in a very specific use case because your audience is too broad, right? So then that trickles down, like I said, into email, uh, what we're talking about now, and the same thing is going to happen unless you're able to identify what those criteria are that makes all those audience members different. And then you can actually segment them and then you're creating more work for yourself, but create different sequences and workflows and email messaging and offers and even pricing based on the criteria that you've kind of identified. So that way, if you can segment it, then you can still offer that. But um, it's kind of that whatever crap in, crap out kind of garbage yeah, in, garbage yeah, out, garbage in, garbage out. Guy go. Hey, so, so the key is personalization. Mm. We get that. And the more personalized it is, the more engaged they're going to be. And then you can start to do call to action testing and you can t- mm. you know, test subject lines and things like that. And I don't think people understand how difficult it is to get to that level, mm-hmm. right? So how do you get a list segmented to, let's just use, I think we used dog food last time or yeah. something. <laughs> hey, you have this type of dog. Yeah. This is what you need. You have that type of dog. You have a puppy. It's a different thing than you have right? Five dogs. You're a valued dog buyer. You don't buy the premium one. Then you have the premium. How do you get this type of information and how do you segment it? So if you're doing an email blast for a promotion, how many different emails are you going to send? Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified or Maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, all right? Businesses go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes. Uh, maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS, and especially with this podcast, is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right. So thank you for listening. And let's get back to our topic for the day. Most businesses, or I would venture to say every business, right, has different types of customers. Even if they're selling the same thing, it's either packaged in different packaging to, uh, you know, reach those different audiences, or at the very least, your audience is going to engage with you different, right? So like you said, over time, and probably that's the biggest, biggest factor is time to actually genuinely build up a list, sort of organically build up an email list of people who know who you are and reached out to you, like you said, that you're not just buying a list or collecting a list at a trade show or something like that. So over time, you collect that information and then you can do, you can implement different strategies to get more information out of them, but you can also set different segments based on behavioral characteristics, right? So you're going to have audience lists that are very highly engaged with your content and open and read all of your emails. They always click through. Maybe they, you know, four out of five times, they actually make a purchase if it's an e-commerce or they'll reach out to you, right? They're, they're an engaged audience, right? Then you'll have 
kind of people in the middle who are sometimes they open, but they don't always click through or they just kind of open and shut it. And you don't really know if they're just archiving it every time, but at least they're doing something. And then you have another list that's completely dead, completely cold that right. you don't even know if they use the right email. It. They don't know how to log into the email. And that's where you mentioned, hey, do we do every once in a while, do we cleanse this list? Do we do some sort of a double opt-in or just say, you know, cleaning up my email list? want to make sure that you still want to get my content. You still find this valuable. We're asking to do some sort of a survey, right? Like you said, a, a newsletter could be something that could be seen as an annoyance if it's not properly done. So if you're doing something as broad as a newsletter, maybe ask your audience what kind of information they would find valuable. What kind of information should I cover in my next newsletter that you would see value in? Maybe you'll get some responses, right? It depends on what kind of business you're in, but you can break it down by characteristics of that audience list, whether that's job title or whether that's industry or whether that's male, female, whatever you're trying to sell. If it's e-commerce, you can look at past purchase behavior. You can look at website traffic. If it's just you know any kind of business, any kind of email list, like we said, you can just look at the behaviors within that email engine, whatever you're using. So MailChimp, take, a, take a one step yeah. back. What behaviors are we looking for? What, what metrics? And we can wrap it up with that. Yeah. If it's just looking at email, I mean, I would look at, like I said, open rate, click through right. rate. I would look at clicks to website, all those sorts of things. I would look at age, like how long have they been in your email list? Most email engines that, you, that you'll use have their own set of scoring criteria. Sure. Um, even the free ones, MailChimp, Consecant, that we're kind of talking about, uh, you'd be able to see, you know, in there, this is a three-star right. contact or a five-star contact because whatever, they've been in your system since 2006 and they open 80% of your emails. I mean, they've you know only purchased from you one time or this or that or whatever. Maybe they purchased from you a hundred times. Whatever the your business is, that, that piece is going to be different. But at the very fundamental level of just understanding engagement with your emails, your email engine should have that data. And that's where you mentioned there is a risk of continuously changing platforms. Right. A lot of historical data is not going to be in there. It's huge. And I'm surprised of how many people still do that. A and lot, it, yeah. there's no doubt that you're losing valuable information. You're using all that historical information and email marketing can be expensive if mm -hmm. you really wanted to get a really nice platform in place. It could cost tens of thousands of dollars a month. Mm -hmm. But I do know that you can get the ROI that people think that it can do for them, but I, and they may not. There's some of these best practices that we talked about. Yeah. When put in practice, when you're actually delivering value in every single email, if you cannot figure out what this email is supposed to do, don't send it. Mm -hmm. Because trust me, everybody's got more emails than that they can handle. They would appreciate you being more thoughtful with the content in their need yeah. rather than being more of a selfish thing. I got to send a mass email today because my right. boss told me to. Yeah. And that's always a question that people get, you know, is with anything, social media and email seems to be the most common of volume and consistency, right? How many emails should I send? How many times should I post on social media and Facebook? And the answer that I always give is it, it just should be genuine. Like you said, if you know if you don't have anything nice to say, no, don't yeah, say anything. Don't all, send right? anything. If, if you can't come up with a, a logical reason to send an email to provide value, then it's probably not that important. Now, don't use that as an excuse to not send out an email this week or this month because you couldn't think of any creative ideas, right? But don't just do something for the sake of doing something. So right. the volume of it will be completely contingent on the value that you're adding. I've seen campaigns and emails that you know companies will send out every single day or multiple times a day to different segments, of course. But that's not too much because it's They're valuable not to it. their audience, right? right? And yeah, not everyone's seeing every email. And then at the same time, you'll see some companies who, you know, will email everyone in their own respect, maybe once a month. And that's not too sparse or infrequent because to that audience, 
that's sort of the norm and what they have to offer is not, it's valuable enough that that's, you know, it's what they can send out on that monthly basis or bi-weekly basis. But what their offer is, is not unique enough each time that they can send a new email out every month. If it's a, something like a manufacturing company or something like that, you don't have that much new information to send to the same people over and over and over and over. So there's a kind of a, a balance between being helpful and being annoying. And I believe if you're being valuable and you're genuine about it, you'll never cross that line. So it's not about the number. It's about the intent behind the email. Like you said, come up with a, a reason why you're sending the email, who you're sending it to, and how they're supposed to benefit from it, or what the next step, what is the purpose of it, right? What is the next step they're supposed to take with that email? And most of the time, it'll kind of naturally work itself out in terms of the consistency. Right, absolutely. And if you're into having marketing automations and systems like that, I would rather you figure out the marketing sequences rather than a mass email, mm-hmm. right? Building yeah. out as many of those sequences right. possible for every scenarios and automate who gets it what. You can send more than one to the same person in the same week as long as it's trying to grow them or tell them something, right? Get them to act on something. Mm-hmm. And building as many of that as possible rather than take all and mass right. email them. Uh, I, I mean, Christmas yeah. time comes, you get a million emails. Right. As you go <laughs> yeah, as you go up, up, yeah, no matter what industry, right? It seems like they have some sort of a special, right? No matter what... It, or I guess as you go up market, if you right. will, in the marketing automation technologies and the email engines, uh, the more sophisticated those tools become and the more flexibility and freedom you have. Right. So you asked, you know, what metrics would you track? So at the very basic level with those free tools, you know, you basically only can track the engagement rates of the email platform. When you start getting more sophisticated, you can look at that user data of right. where they're what even pulling whether social, they're interested media information right. where they came from originally what campaign drove them into the context how, how, how they're engaging with other content on your website so if they're opening your email but then they're also going and they're looking at your pricing page or they're looking at your services page how often they're coming back other people within that organization are they also coming back to the, uh, right. to the website how many times are they opening that particular email so there's a lot more information that you can gather with a more sophisticated tool. And then, like you said, not just gather the information and then try to think of a way to apply it. You can build automated sequences and triggers and events off of their behavior, that criteria, right? right? So if we know, okay, this user is actively engaged with my emails, they've been to my website, you know, three times in the same week, and they've looked at my pricing page, they've not had a conversation with a sales rep yet, I'm going to trigger this email that's going to you know, Schedule set up a meeting with a salesperson. I'm also going to assign a task for a salesperson to reach out to them, right? right? Whatever that is and however that applies to your business, there's all these different scenarios that you're trying to, if that you would use this data, how would you apply it? You can build automated systems off of that uh, kind of information. So that's getting into a little more sophisticated campaigns, but ultimately that's what you want to do. That's the reason you build up an email list is so that you can maximize it and right. capitalize on it. And build out lead scoring and all of those kind of criteria. Well, that's all I have and Taylor mm-hmm. for that matter. And yeah. So we uh, have best practices. Again, like I said, email is an amazing, powerful tool. I see a lot of people use it and a lot of them abuse it. We figured we make an episode of some best practices and the things that we dive into here at One IMS. As always, we'd love to hear your questions. Send them in at growthmarketers at oneims.com and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>